This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Inviting you on this holiday Saturday morning to call in or text in your lawn or garden questions to Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, who's uh, with us this morning. Ha- happy belated Thanksgiving, Teresa. And happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone out there and to you, Denny. Thank you very much. Good to hear your voice once again. And uh, our listeners, of course, are, are waiting to uh, ask you questions again, either by phone or by text. But keep in mind, as Teresa knows, we tend to get real busy during this hour. And, uh, and rightly so, because... Everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but uh, let's face it, what I've heard over the last 20, 30 years, that gardening is the number one leisure time activity here in the United States. Gardening. It, cer- it certainly is gardening. And then um, I think even more people during the pandemic have started gardening. Oh, and probably then, right. um, bird watching is right behind it. So they're so That's... closely interrelated that I I lump them together because for my brain they kind of work together. They but, really do. Yep. So many there's so many new gardeners out there or gardeners that are coming back to gardening after a long hiatus and and with the pandemic they've been at home. So you might have a lot of questions. So give us a call and we'll do our best to answer them for you. Absolutely. You don't have to be a master gardener like Teresa. You can be a beginning gardener and. Uh, we're all uh, beginning gardeners. <laughs> you're always learning. Always We're learning. always learning, yep. All right. 651-989-9226 is the number to call or text. Um, I was thinking, uh, Teresa, about uh, – I'm looking at this forecast, and here we are almost in December. A couple of more days we will be into December. Yeah. And this forecast for the next six, seven days has absolutely no mention of any – Precipitation. precipitation. A lot of people, a lot of people like that, but no. don't don't our don't our shrubs and lawns, etc., need sh- that. Stuff. Yeah, you are right, Denny. Our shrubs and lawns need the the moisture so much. So if the ground has not frozen yet for you, and I don't think my ground is out there is frozen. Um, if you can, whatever you planted this year, for sure, give it a good drink of water. And, and your evergreens, give them a really good drink of water, if at all possible. And, and if you have some time, then give your trees a good drink of water. What, whoever you can water out there, that those plants would be so thankful for it. I did uh, do uh, a week or so ago some, um, yeah, I think it was a week ago after the show, some uh, dormant seeding, but I didn't do as much as I wanted to, and I'm looking again at this forecast, and I think I'm going to wait a while to do uh, more dormant seeding. What do you think? Maybe next weekend. 
maybe maybe yeah. then the timing yeah. will be right. You uh, can put it down any time. Um, the only thing I worry about putting it down now, and because we still have birds migrating north or south, actually, they're going south, so they may stop by and get some bird seeds. Mm, okay, that's a thought. That, that could be the only issue, but if you're putting it down in your grass, you, they probably, some of that seed will be hidden. It's just those wide open bare areas that All right. really fun. Give us a call or send a text like some folks are doing right now, 651-989-9226. Would it be okay, Texter wants to know, to prune oak trees this week? You could if you have to. Um, I would prefer um, that that they wait until a little bit later when the ground is frozen and there's no chance of any insects around. Um, However, if if you must, you can. Um, and remember, anytime you need to get up on a ladder to prune, that's probably a case where you might want to call in a professional, uh, a certified arborist. And we have so many good ones around here. So many good uh, certified too. arborists for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, here's a, a question from a listener. Uh, earlier in the year, we were gifted some different versions of lilacs for a new house. We were unable to get them planted, still have them sitting in their containers. Is it too late to plant them, or will they survive the winter in the containers so we can plant them in the spring? What's what's the best way? I would do my best to try to at least get those containers sunk into the ground, give them a really good drink of water, dig the holes, sink the containers into the ground, and then um, cover them carefully with a bunch of straw or something like that. Uh, don't make the holes too big, just enough to drop the container. And you, you want as much contact with the soil and the container as possible so that the container then almost becomes part of the soil and it doesn't go through a freeze-thaw fight cycle. If they're above ground, they're going to go through too many freeze and thaw cycles, and those roots are just going to be killed, and you're going to lose everything. Listener, and I'm sure there's more than one, uh, heard uh, my uh, question or comment about uh, dormant seeding. And a listener said, would you have, Teresa, please explain what dormant seeding is? Sure. Dormant seeding, when you seed your lawn in, say, August, you want that lawn to grow that year. So you seed it so it has plenty of time to grow and get strong before winter. Dormant seeding is when you put the seed down and you don't want it to grow until spring. So you need to wait till the ground's almost frozen or there's no chance that that seed's going to ever get warm enough to sprout. You want to wait till so it waits until spring before it starts growing. Um, think of our native prairie plants. They would often put down their seeds in the fall, but those little seedlings, come up in the spring. They don't come up in the fall. So so that's what you're pretending to be, a, a native prairie plant. Put down your seed in the late, late, late fall, early winter before the snow comes, and then those the grass seed sprouts in the spring when it's ready to come up. All right. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping you out here on our Smart Garden Show. Around uh, every Saturday we are in the 8 o'clock hour. Call us or text us Teresa will field those questions. You know, speaking of master gardeners, when does that program, if someone is interested, and I like to ask you this at least once a year, if not more, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, the master gardener program, how does one become a master gardener and when do we get going on that? Well, we've in Hennepin County, we've already chosen our master gardeners for next year. Uh, they will be going through training in January, February. We are bringing on a huge class this year because we have we had we had so many people interested, and um, the people who were looking at them said, 
oh my gosh, these are we had we had so many people interested, and um, the people who were looking at them said, oh my gosh, these are all such well qualified people. They were people who who had the master gardener mindset. They love to learn about gardening, talk about gardening, share what they know about gardening, and want to do research material and share that with their neighbors. And that's what master gardeners are. So if you're interested in becoming a master gardener, you can go to your extension website for your county and then get on their mailing list. Usually they start getting the information in August and September out to people. And it's a simple little quiz, um, a letter of interest. And then you usually go through some kind of gentle interview process. Don't be scared. We're master gardeners. We're very kind people. We're very nice people. Um, And then you're invited to become a master gardener. You go through training the first year. Um, You have a mentor assigned here in Hennepin County. We assign mentor or a group of mentors for you. And um, then you go through uh, your your 50 hours of volunteer work, another 12 hours of education that year, and then you're certified to become a master gardener. Then every year after that, you do 25 hours of volunteer work and another 12 hours of education for Hennepin County. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun. And you get to talk about gardening. You get to learn about gardening and have all kinds of cool classes. And you get to talk with other people who love to talk about gardening, and so then that spares your spouse or your significant other or your children from listening you, listening to you babble on about the cool new <laughs> begonia that you're going to grow. You can talk to master gardeners about that and talk to your children about something else. How about uh, guys? Are men uh, just as involved as women, or are they getting there, or what? Men are joining more. Um, it used to be a, a lot of just women. Um, and a few men and uh, older groups. Now we're getting a lot of younger people joining, thank goodness, because they bring such energy and excitement into the program. Uh, I talk like an old lady here now. And um, and also we are seeing a lot more young men um, and older men, too, joining us. So we invite everybody to join us. Um, as long as you're over 18 and you have an interest in gardening, you are invited to become a master gardener. Um, there, there's no other barriers that we have. We just want to learn about gardening. So Excellent. We want, you. we want you. Thank you for bringing us uh, up to date on that, Teresa. <laughs> Hang on. We're going to take a quick break here on our Smart Garden Show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, don't wait. Call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, 33 degrees. We are heading to near 54 on this Saturday, November 28th from New And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who is helping you out today. Uh, we may have a little bit of a phone uh, issue problem, so I know our crack engineering team is on the is on the uh, um, path to that. Probably a little bit of rebooting here and there. But in the Maybe meantime... Does that mean I just get to talk and talk and talk? <laughs> well, we do have text messages. So oh, okay. You, can, okay. you can do that. We do both. You can talk and talk and we'll... Uh, Answer some questions in between things. Uh, okay. But that number, the text number, and the phone number for that matter, is the same, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see. Let's see where I left off here. All right, this texter says this. This fall, if you realize your front yard has grub problems, what actions would you take? Thanks for elaborating on this. Okay. 
I would take do nothing right now. Um, you want to make sure, first of all, that you know that you have identified it as a grub problem. That means the grass is peeling back like a carpet. You've dug up a square foot area and found a certain number of grubs in that area. And then next spring, I would probably do the same thing. I would see if the grass is peeling up. Um, I would, first of all, go to the extension um, website, extension.umn.edu, and click on the garden tab and then check under lawn care and grubs. That'll tell you exactly when you can treat those grubs. Because just because you have a grub problem this year doesn't mean you'll have a grub problem next year. So you don't want to do anything now because any grubs that have been there or that are there, they've gone deep. They've gone deep to avoid the frost, so there's nothing you can do to get them. So you want to wait till next spring, make sure you have a grub problem, and then treat it accordingly um, with whatever product you're going to use and use it at the right time. But I would, you have plenty of time over the winter to so go to the extension website and check on the Yard and Garden tab and then check on your lawn care and the grubs and the issues there. They have great articles on grub care. Yeah, there's a great, uh, uh, you said, uh, great information about lawn care, you know, there what is. to do when, you know. What to do when. And and like in everything else, timing is critical. So if you were to do something at the wrong time, it could be very ineffective. It could be very damaging. Um, so either you're going to really make a mess of it, it might not do anything, or it could just be a total waste of your time, energy, and money. So there's no sense. We all have limited time, energy, and money. You want to do the right thing at the right time. So always always figure out what your problem is or what the garden's problem is or the lawn's problem is. Then figure out how to treat it and when to treat it and what to treat it with if you need to do any treatment. A lot of problems we have in our gardens, they aren't really problems. They're just a passing issue that by the time you notice it, it's all taken care of. Very good. Uh, should I and when, if I should, cover my strawberries with straw? A listener wants to know. Yes. You want to make sure that you've, you've cleaned up as much of the strawberry foliage as you can because that can harbor funguses and fungal diseases and things like that. And then once the ground has frozen, you do want to put a nice layer of, of straw over that to keep it or all, when the ground's almost frozen too, to keep that at a, at a, at a, at a moderated level of temperature. So you want to wait till the ground's almost frozen or frozen. If you put down any of this straw too early on your strawberries or on your other lawns or other parts of your garden, don't put it on your lawn, put it on your other parts of your garden, you're creating a wonderful home for voles and they will eat your garden and everything. They will eat all the roots of all your plants all winter. You want to make sure the ground's frozen or almost frozen before you put that winter mulch down. Mm-hmm. And those voles, for those that don't know, they're, they're kind of like little field mice, right? They're really kind of. cute. They're like little field mice, but they love to eat your plants. So do. you don't want them to eat your plants. You don't want them to, to nibble on the, the plants. You don't want them to eat the roots of your plants. So. If you have a question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, for sure send us a text at 651-989-9226 while we take our moment out to fix our phone system. Uh, a listener says uh, this, please share, oh, it's a question for the season, some tips to keep fresh-cut Christmas trees alive and needles to stay on through the season. Oh, that's a wonderful question. Okay, so what you want to do is before you set your tree up, you want to make a fresh cut, and then you want to immediately immerse it into a bucket of water or the big pail of water, that you and you want to keep that water Filled. 
you never want it to go dry. The reason you don't want it to go dry is because the sap will then block all the pores at the bottom of the, the stump, and it won't be able to draw any water up. And that is why you make a fresh cut. So even if you make a fresh cut when you first get when you get it from the um the garden center or the tree farm, you may want to make another fresh cut as soon as you get home. You've driven, it's been um, exposed to wind, it may start drying out a little bit. The sap may start to block out those 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 um, pores, those capillaries that move the, the moisture up and down. So make that fresh cut, put it in water, and then keep it watered constantly. Make sure it's not right by a heat register, maybe not by a window that gets a lot of south sun that gets really warm, not by the fireplace that gets too warm. You want to keep it in a cooler location if you possibly can, or at least a place that's not going to get blown on with hot air. And then just do keep an eye on it. Make sure when you leave the house, you turn off the Christmas lights. You don't want any fires to go. And if it starts dropping a lot of needles and the Christmas season has passed, it's time to go out for the birds or wherever you're going to do it. You don't want to keep that in your house because um, it just becomes drier and drier, drops more needles and more of a fire hazard. No, we have to break for weather here in a moment. Okay. Uh, a listener wants to know, uh, when's the best time of the year to send in for a soil sample? Whenever you can dig the soil. Oh, okay. It would be great if you could still do it right now or very first thing in the spring. Um, do it Do it. those times. Uh, in the middle of the growing season, they get a little backed up, but they can still handle it. But if you can still do it now, this will help you prepare for next year. And there's are there directions on the website, the university's website? There's wonderful directions on how to do it. Um, if you want a soil test for your lawn, that's one test. A soil test for a garden is another kind of test. The front yard and backyard may be totally different, so you may need to do two different tests because you may have clay out front and sand in the back. Um, you just it'll talk you through it. It's very simple to do, very easy. And then when you get your response back. If it doesn't make sense, go to your favorite garden center and ask them, what does this mean? If they can help you, go to the Extension website, um, extension.umn.edu, and click on the uh, the garden tab and find Ask the Master Gardener, and then ask the Master Gardener, what does this soil test mean? Kind of what we're doing today, as a matter of fact. Kind of what we're doing today, only you'll just get emails and that kind of stuff. You won't get a live person to talk to. Oh, very good. Uh, we'll mention that uh, website, of course, uh, before you leave us today. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is helping you out today. 651-989-9226 to get uh, your question to us here on the Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Clouds, our current WCCO temperature reading 33. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, Denny Long in this end with Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out today. And Teresa, much to our chagrin, it looks like our phone system is still having some gremlin activity in there, so we'll rely on text messages just to alert our listeners. If you have a lawn or garden question, yeah, send us a text, 651-989-9226. We have a bunch of those as a matter of fact. Well, Teresa, this is, <laughs> this is our Creeping Charlie question of the day, right. but it's, it's not about getting rid of it. The question is, is Creeping Charlie an annual or perennial? Creeping Charlie is a perennial. Yeah, speaking of it's, much to my member, It's a member of the mint family. It does die to the ground every year, but it comes back from the roots every year. And it produces wonderful seeds and wonderful flowers and great smelling foliage. 
It can be a nice ground cover. Just keep it in check where you don't want it. Yes, like your neighbor's yard. Like your neighbor's yard. For what? In fact, um, if your neighbor is very worried about it, you could even mow it once it finishes blooming. And then the seeds can't can't propagate because there won't be any because you cut off all the flowers, um, and then just keep it, uh, maybe make a little no-man's land between your neighbors or some grass or something like that between your yard and your neighbor's yard. And then anybody, any creeping Charlie that tries to creep over that, you can find that very easily and bring it back home or or take it out. And that way then your neighbor won't get the creeping Charlie from you. Okay, good idea. Texter wants to know, is it still okay to mow my lawn? Be a good day today for sure. if it's if it is if it has grown is growing or if it's a little long you do want to mow it you want to bring that the the level down to you know two and a half three and a half inches three inches um, just to clear up some of that you want to also make sure that you break the leaves off your lawn that's even more important uh, that you get those leaves off that you can see the the lawn or whatever you don't want to just see leaves out there unless you're trying to kill your lawn because um, the leaves will mulch your lawn and they'll cause a lot of a lot of uh, death over the winter. It'll 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 suppress your lawn. And I've seen it done. Yeah, yep. with uh, with a whole blanket of leaves yep. next and, season. I mean, it's, a, it's a great way to kill your lawn if that's what you're. Yeah, if that's your you intention. Sure. If, if that's your intention, that's a wonderful way to do it. It adds lots of organic matter to the soil. All right, let's go back to the text messages, Teresa. This fall, a texter says we put in a new septic system which left a large area of bare soil. Mm-hmm. Most of it is shady. Mm-hmm. Are there other another uh, wildflowers that grow and bloom in shade? If so, where would I find them? I live in oh. western Minnesota. This is this is a wonderful question. Um, you may remember that I've mentioned a book called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. Yes. You can get that book online for free. Uh, so this The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. And it will even have one site that is over septic mounds. And it gives you a lot of plant ideas and gardening ideas of what to do over a septic mound. All right, very good. So, yeah, so I'm, not even, I'm not even going to guess on, on the plants because I don't want to tell the person incorrectly. But um, it's, it's one of the greatest books. And they're free. And it's written by master uh, gardeners from Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary Myers, Professor Mary Myers helped us do that. She was our leader many, many years ago and um, uh, on this project and, and got us all together and we wrote a book. So 30 best plants, for, I'm sorry, the best plants for 30 tough sites. And can you access that on the university's website then? You can access that on the university's website also. You can also purchase it um, at the Arboretum or on the oh. university book, books, book site if you want a hard copy. But you can access it for free. You can download it for free. Um, so it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, we may have you mention that before you leave us yeah. today, too. I think people will be asking about consider it. it. Consider it the Master Gardener gift to the community. All right. Excellent. And it is. Uh, Texter says, we have a new Jack Frost Japanese-Korean maple. Have waited until the ground is solidly frozen to mulch it. How deep should mulch be to be sufficient? Hmm. Okay. 
Um, before you mulch it, I need you to put some protection around the trunk of the tree, whether that's hardware cloth or the white hard plastic. If you're going to do the white hard plastic, cut it in half so it's two long half tubes, and then duct tape it back together again over the over the trunk of the tree. If it's hardware cloth, just make a cylinder. Once you have that taken care of, you can mulch. Uh, if you're doing leaves, you know, five, six inches of leaves would be fine. You're going to pull off some of those in the spring. Uh, you're just trying to trying to make the soil not frost heave out of the ground. And then just watch the plants, depending upon when you put it in. If you're in a really windy location, you may want to stake it just for the first winter, uh, just one side or something so it doesn't get wind tossed out of the ground because depending on how, much, how many leaves or how much... Um, twigs it has up top how many branches it may catch too much wind in the in the middle of a winter if you're in a very windy site so those are just some things to consider but the most important thing would be the hardware cloth or the protection of the trunk from the bunnies and the moles or the voles and the deer okay speaking of moles mike and coon rapids sent a text saying what do you do about moles this time of year nothing you know, Mike, um, the moles are there because they're eating a lot of those grubs and um, beetles and earthworms. So they sometimes just leave when all the food is gone. If they don't leave, they're not going to be that active in the winter. They're still going to be a little bit, but not that active. And so wait till the spring. If you find that you still have an issue, there are some products out on the market. Uh, they're basically castor oil. And what you want to do is start at one end or one part of your yard and apply some of it according to the directions. Wait uh, a week or so and then apply it out from there. You don't want to apply it everywhere all at once. It kind of freaks the moles out. Who knows where they'll go then. You just want to kind of drive them carefully to another safe area whether it's a, a vacant field, hopefully not your neighbors, or, or a wildlife area or something. But once the food is gone, those all the things that could be destroying your lawn, the, the moles will be gone too. But moles can do some damage too. So. Oh boy, can they ever. Yeah, you just kind of have to decide what's more important. I mean, I don't want you out there breaking your leg in a mole, here, mole hole, but, um, but uh, yeah. So they, they are taking care of some of the some of the grubs and things, but they can do some damage also. A lot of runs, yeah. They can a lot do. of runs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Texter wants to know, do I need to water the outdoor spruce tip planters? You only want to water those just to get them frozen solid. And give, make sure they're really, you know, well watered in there, and then they'll be frozen solid. And then you don't have to water water them again. If you want to uh, spray an antidesiccant plant, which is kind of just like pine, it's like a pine, all the the pine bark, the pine tar stuff. Um, that's just a, a chemical like that. That will help them stay green, but normally they're just fine. Once you, if you just water them until they're frozen, then they'll be just fine. All right, we'll do this one more time here. Only it's a it's another creeping Charlie question. Okay. With with the forecast warm weather today, can one treat creeping Charlie one last time? Charlie is still green. I would say no. And the reason I, I, I say that with a caveat, I want you to read the instructions of the product that you're looking at. And most of those products will say it must be above 70 degrees or above 65 degrees, and we're not going to hit that. And it may look green, and it might still be growing, but if it's too cold in the air, it just won't work properly, and it's not doing enough. So I would say no. 
You can pull it up, though, if it's green. It's easy to see now, and it's great exercise. You could pull it up right now. It's wonderfully green, and just leave it where you pull it up. It's not going to re-root. It's just not going to do that in the middle of winter, and that part will die. So I would say no products, though. Yeah, I think you and your colleagues have, uh, at least as I recall, have said the, the best time of year to treat curry bean, Charlie, is the fall. Is the fall. And then right, right right after that time is the early spring when it's blooming or the spring when it's blooming or the fall, early fall when it's after that first frost. Then the plant is really grabbing um, energy and bringing it down so it grabs the, new, the uh, poison down from the leaves into the roots better. But now it's just not growing and it's just really too cold because if you read the instructions on the product it'll tell you how cold or how warm it has to be and i'm sure it won't fall into that category what we're going to see today even at and, as, and as you and mary and julie always say always read the directions of read whatever product you're using really the label is the law legally the label is the law and uh, it's on there for a reason. Read all the directions and understand them and know that you are putting down a poison and, um, and you have to treat it with respect. All right. Good words. Hang on, Teresa. We're going to take a quick break here, inviting more listeners. We have a lot of text messages we can answer, too, as we uh, head to this break and come back. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping you out today on our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show on this holiday weekend. Uh, joining me and helping you out today is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And Teresa, as usual, a lot of questions yet via the text screen. And as I mentioned, if you're just joining us, having a few issues with our phone system, it must be that rotary dial phone <laughs> that we're still <laughs> using. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, it's, <laughs> it's, it's causing some issues. But we do have text messages. And if you want to ask via the text mes- message number, that's 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see. Oh, we're getting a lot now. Um, Okay. What kind of grass seed, Texter wants to know, is good for winter overseeding? The the same kind of grass seed that you would plant in the spring spring or in the fall. So you want to make sure that you're looking at your exposure, what kind of sun or shade, and how much traffic it gets. Uh, And that's the grass seed you want to put down, the same stuff you'd be sowing in August. And it's... uh... In this other related question, it says, can you still put seed on the grass? I was told not to until the first permanent snow. But you can do you could, it now. You can do it now. You can do it now. You could you could wait until you know we're going to get a snowfall, um, or you can put it down now. It's just whatever works best for you. It's okay now. It's not going to snow. Another question says, can I mow my lawn today? It's going to be 54. And the answer, of course, yes. Yep. If you need to mow your lawn, you mow your lawn. Mm-hmm. A uh, Christmas treat tip from a listener. It says, last year I had heard that you should use very hot water when you first water the tree. It opens up everything so water can go throughout the tree. I've heard that too, very warm water. Mm-hmm. I hardly, Texas says, had any needles fall off, and the needles felt very soft, if that makes sense. It really worked, at least in this uh, listener's case. So that's mm-hmm. I've never yep, heard yep. that before. So warm water will help. It'll it'll soften up the, the pine the pine tar um, and just keep everything open for a little bit. And it is the most important thing, though, is to keep it water. And you will be amazed at how much water will be absorbed by that tree. 
It will be gallons of water. You will be amazed. Yeah, it really brings it right and, in there for and, sure. And, and just and just think that tree doesn't even have roots. It's just yeah. the trunk of the tree that you're watering. So if you can imagine a tree outside, how much water it is grabbing when when it is when it is raining and everything. It's, it's quite amazing. Uh, Texter says this, Teresa, my young lilac bush has spring new green buds. Should I be concerned? Only in 2020, right? We, we get that question <laughs> Only a lot. Only in 2020. We've had a lot of that this year. It's just the weather has been so wonky. It's been chilly and warm, and the poor plant's not sure if it's winter or spring or summer. They, they've kind of gotten a little bit confused. There's really nothing you can do. Um, it, your, it could be your azalea, your magnolia, your lilac, whatever. Um, it, if it's if the buds are growing, the buds are growing. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Um, it, it just, it just maybe a few less flowers next year, and then just give your trees and bushes a little extra love in the spring um, because they were a little traumatized this year, as we all are. All right. Uh, texter wants to know, Teresa, is ash from my fire pit good to spread on my lawn? Mm-hmm. I would say no, unless you've had a soil test and your lawn's pH is extremely low. Ash is very alkaline. And here in Minnesota, our, um, uh, at least in southern Minnesota, our soils are pretty high alkaline, pretty high pH already. And you don't want to put ash on that. Um, you could use ash as uh, maybe something for um, traction on ice or snow, but just understand where it washes into, and that could be an issue too. But don't put ash in your garden or your lawn unless your soil test indicates that you need to do that. All right. We still have time for your text messages, 651-989-9226. Here's another one, Teresa. I have a a new Alberta dwarf spruce. Is it a good idea to wrap it in burlap? You know, I probably wouldn't wrap it unless you wrap it very, very, very loosely. Um, But I would put up some kind of uh, blocking system so that it gets blocked from the winter um, west winds um, and the, the south and west sunshine. Just a little fence. Those guys burn so easily. They get winter burn so easily, those Alberta spruces. So what I want you to do this, this today, if possible, go out there and give it a big drink of water unless the soil is frozen, and then just build like a little fence around it with some burlap. You, you plant evergreen so you can see evergreen, and there's not a much, much fence in covering them with burlap unless for some reason you really have to. I mean, that's why you're growing evergreens there because you want green in the winter. I would just I would just put up something to block the wind and the sun, give it a little bit of respite from that, and then do give it a big drink of water first. Okay. Listener wants to know, where can I find good grass seed for this area? At your favorite garden center. They, they have access to good stuff, don't they? They have good stuff, and, and you do get what you pay for. Ask the people at the garden center, this is what I have, and they will steer you to the correct grass seed. And make sure that when you're reading it, it has um, very low amounts of annual rye because that will only grow for one season. It's like a placeholder so the other grasses can can get big and and take over that area. But you don't want a big amount of annual rye because that means you have a lot of blank spaces next year. Um, and just grow the right kind of grass for whatever conditions your lawn has. Absolutely. There's a text that says, can paper whites be grown in other media besides soil? Sure. Lots of people grow their paper whites in, um, in water. So they can do that. Uh, paper whites are a form of, a form of daffodil and assistance. 
to not hardly hear those, so you can't grow them outside. Uh, they're the ones that are very, very, very fragrant. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm trying to get as many questions answered here as <laughs> as the time will allow. Uh, Teresa, this one says we planted asters along our garage on the west side, mm-hmm. but they might not be getting enough sun. The plants are about three to four feet tall and lean way out toward our lawn. So the only way they stay up is by leaning on the fencing that we put along the bed. Could those asters be transplanted to the shore of our pond in full sun? The pond rarely floods the shore. You you could transplant some of them, but do keep some of them where they are. And the trick with some of these plants to get kind of tall and leggy, like asters or, or um, any of those plants that kind of get a little big and tall for you, uh, by July 4th, cut them down by half or, thir- or a third. So you're really shortening them. They'll stay a lot stockier, a lot shorter, and they get a lot more flowers on them. So they don't get so tall and flop over. And with all of your... Uh, asters and your prairie plants don't give them any food they're very lean plants they they their soil is just perfect how they are they don't need a lot of nutrition when they when you feed your plants and over over um, fertilize your plants they can get tall and floppy so you don't want tall floppy plants so you can cut them down by the fourth of july by half or a third and then um don't be don't be fertilizing them but do do share some of them with your with your uh, shoreline that would be beautiful i know that um uh julie and the rest of your colleagues have uh, done a, a huge survey uh asking uh cco listeners about the show and what mm-hmm. they'd like to hear etc mm-hmm. among other things it was a big survey but this one, this text, it says, just a thought, and you can comment on this if you would, Teresa, just mm-hmm. a thought for your gardening show. And yes. I think it's a good idea. Every week, could you give a hint or suggestion for what should or could be done that week? For instance, when would it be a good week to trim lilacs, when it would be a good week to fertilize the lawn, et cetera, depending on the weather, when and how to water, et cetera. Love the show. That's a great yeah. idea. That's a great idea, and I know it's been brought up, and I've tried to do that a few times, and then I forget. So thank you for reminding me. That's an excellent idea. So what should you be doing? And maybe we should start that every year, every week. What should you be doing in your garden? So what you want to do is do some cleanup. If you need to mow the grass, mow the grass. If you need to rake leaves, rake leaves. If you need to decorate for the holidays, decorate for the holidays. And if you can, water your plants. That would be great. Next week, um, you probably won't be able to do much of those things except maybe a little watering. But even that would probably be a little because it's going to be quite chilly out. So, so that's what did. I would suggest doing this week. If, like you did say at the top of the show, if you are able to do any watering, especially when it's going to be 54 degrees today, and like you said, I don't think the ground is frozen yet. Yeah. Uh, so water if you can. Water if you can. It, you know, it cannot hurt. It will not hurt, especially if you're watering your evergreens or any newly planted trees or shrubs that you put in this year. Water if you can. It it will not hurt them. It will. They will... They will give you high fives if they possibly could. They would do that for you. It's kind of cool when the plants give you a high five. I'd like to see that. Uh, This texter says, I have a new arborvita tree. Do I need to wrap it in burlap? Do I need to protect it from rodents and mulch it? You know, I, I would probably water for sure. And then if you protect, if any of the branches are low to the ground, if, uh, I would do definitely do a chicken wire fence around it. 
uh, for so the bunnies don't get to it or the deer don't get to it. You probably don't need to wrap it. It should be hardy, and you should have planted it in the right place, so it shouldn't need wrapping. Um, again, if you want to build a little burlap fence to block some wind or block some west sun, or the south sun, that would be fine on it. Uh, and you probably don't need to mulch very heavily. You can put some mulch down, but I think the fencing would be the most important. Otherwise, the bunny and the deer will really enjoy that. Okay. We have Our less than two minutes. Are very high. They're very high in vitamin C. Yes. <laughs> very good. Uh, what does, and I, this, may, this may be our last question, uh, what does many cones on my Black Hill spruce mean? It means that the tree was nice and happy. Some years, it'll, some years they produce a lot of cones, just like the elk trees produce ap, uh, a lot of um, oaks uh, or acorns. It just happens some years that it just they get fertilized, and the pollen was there, so they were fertilized, and now you have a bunch of cones. Um, it's just wonderful, and enjoy them. Absolutely, and as we head out of here on this holiday weekend, thank you, Teresa, for your help for sure, uh, as thank always. You. But let's uh, let's give the listeners the website for the university once again as you uh, head out of here. Sure. It's extension.umn.edu, and I wish you all a happy holiday season, and please take care. And thanks, Denny. It was great talking to you. As always, thank you, Teresa, for all your great help. Uh, Master Gardener Teresa Runa here on News Talk 830 WCCOs. Stay tuned next. Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions uh, next hour after our 9 o'clock news break. We expect sunny skies today. Listen to this forecast. High near 54 today. Uh, overnight, 32 the low. It's going to be windy day tomorrow with a daytime high. Well, it's going to be dropping actually throughout the day to about 29 degrees by 5 p.m. or so. But a windy day tomorrow, gusting as high as 35 miles an hour. Clear Sunday night will drop to 18. And Monday, high near 29, near 36 by Tuesday. Right now in the Twin Cities, winds are southwest at 6 miles an hour. What's the dew point? 24. And humidity is 70%. Right now, 33 degrees in the Twin Cities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.